Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Vida Glow, the global number one marine collagen brand and leaders in the ingestible space. It is estimated that globally around 1% of healthcare research and innovation is invested in female-specific conditions. Recognising female health is under-researched and underserved, VidaGlow has applied its female-first, concerned solution approach to the health category with the launch of their Women's Health Range, a science-backed range of health supplements meticulously formulated specifically for women based on their unique physiological requirements. The range includes GutPro, a powerful multi-strain probiotic that goes beyond standard probiotic supplements, De-Stress, an orange-flavoured, chewable liquid burstlet designed to relieve symptoms of stress and mild anxiety, Prenatal Plus, an advanced two-in-one prenatal supplement that supports preconception and pregnancy, and Multi360, a once-daily super-strength multivitamin specifically formulated to support the overall function of the female body. What's more, VidaGlow are donating one pound for every women's health product to my charity, Lady Garden Foundation. If you haven't already, go check out the new range online at www.vidaglow.com. That's www.vidaglow.com. Welcome to The Happy Vagina, a podcast dedicated to celebrating pioneers in the female space who've made a difference in women's health, equality and relationships. Each week we chat to an inspiring human being as they explore the experiences that completely change their outlook, promising not only to educate but also entertain and enlighten. And this week on The Happy Vagina podcast, I actually cannot believe this is happening, but I am joined yet again by the real life Wonder Woman, Laura Whitmore. Laura, welcome back to The Happy Vagina. You can't get rid of me. (laughs) I mean, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you back on because since you came on in 2020, so much has happened. And I don't mean in the world. I mean, with you, you've written a book, You've got your own TV chat show. You've had a baby. It's been and I don't a busy think I've time. even managed to get a dog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I do you know. What? It's, and also, I feel like 2020 was such a weird time. In some ways, I think like that was a year ago, but you forget it's actually been three years. It's actually been quite a long time. And if I remember correctly, I think I recorded that. Was it the day after the Enemy Awards? Because I feel like I probably still had the eye makeup from the night before and was rather hungover. Um, which times are a little bit different. I'm a bit fresher this morning. I think you'd got to bed at like four o'clock in the morning and then come to meet us for kind of 10 or something. And you had your like dog with you, which, you know, and and you were like, (laughs) but I actually did just listen to it back to prep for today. And I have to say, it's a really great interview, Laura, (laughs) and worth listening to now because we go really deep on some very important topics, you know, like what happened with abortion in Ireland, which is obviously still really relevant today for the whole world. Yeah, um, 
It is sometimes when you look back on things, you know, you look back and think it's a great, it's a, it's a lovely episode, it's a lovely chat between like basically we're two friends who know each other very well, and then we can kind of go into these other other areas. Um, but then sometimes you're like, oh, that was three years ago, and we're still kind of fighting some of this, you know, we're still talking about these same topics, maybe perhaps not in Ireland, but also in other countries. Um, and also there's the fear of I was talking to someone recently about laws being, you know, taken away from us just because you've got your rights doesn't mean it's being taken away as we've seen with Roe versus Wade and et cetera and things happening in the States. So um, I think we always need to be on our guard and keep having these conversations. I don't think there'll ever be a point where I don't want to come on the happy vagina and talk about things. I'm so thrilled to hear that. I'll be like, Laura, do you want to go on this season? Do you want to go on this season? I mean, I have to be completely honest with you. You are now the first person ever to have two episodes of the Have a Vagina podcast. Okay, that makes me feel special. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Of course, of course. I mean, I, I don't, listen, I don't want to be like, don't take this the wrong way, okay? But oh, I think but here comes in my head, and I'm going to explain why so that you're not offended, but I think I thought it would be Gwyneth. And do you ever write texts to people in your head and then not send them? Like, like quite consistent. Like, do you, do you have like thought <laughs> patterns that go on where you're like... Well, I sometimes think I've replied to a WhatsApp or a message. I'll look at it and I'm like, I 100% replied to that and I did not, but I've got much brain at the moment. I mean, there is that, that's slightly less mad than I think what I do. And I think, so, but I also think it's part of my creative mood board and how my brain works. But when Gwyneth came on, Laura... She was a little bit late, unbelievably gracious, and it, it, it wasn't a big deal, but I had to decide to cut something out. So I cut the quiz out at the beginning, which we love the quiz, and we are about to come back to that with you. But but I cut the quiz out, and as I said, the opening to the podcast, she, she went, oh, I love this bit. And I sat there, and I was like, and obviously, I'm not quite as experienced. I sat there, and oh, no, she wants to do the quiz. And I thought, we should do the deep dive and not the quiz. So in my head, I'm quite consistent. I mean, she's probably going to, or Goop will probably listen to this and think I'm absolutely insane. But I sort of write these texts, go, hey, Gwynny, like, do you, I know that you really love the quiz. Do you want to come back on? So that's do why I think Get I her thought. back on and do the quiz. But uh, sadly, she's not the first person to come back on because that's me. Yes, exactly, exactly. But then I think in some respects, as you've mentioned, we're friends. And um, I actually feel really emotional that you are the first person to come back on because my career wouldn't be where it is without you and your support and your love. And I, I watch you being you know not just an advocate for women and women's health as you've just referenced that there's still things to fight and ongoingly and consistently but you're also incredibly loyal in terms of supporting your friends and your friend group you know not just those of us that work in the same industry as you but I just see it you know you're just you know you you do what you say on your tin Laura Whitmore and and I think it's really amazing so it's an honor to have you back and we are going to do a bit of a deep dive into some really important topics today but before we do that Rather than give you the quiz again, because you've had a child, a little, a little girl, because you are now a mum, I thought what we might do is look at your answers to the questions. I hope I haven't changed. I just, too much. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. Laura Whitmore, we're going to go back over your original season one, Happy Vagina quiz, starting with the first question, which was brief or G-string. You, of course, I mean, like, there's just no, no, I'm not, I don't even know why I was surprised, but you went off script and said French knickers. Yeah, I like a French knickers. G-strings sometimes, you just, you don't know where they're going. You don't know how to get them back out. <laughs> um, yeah. I probably, I still like the French knickers. Sometimes I would like a bigger pants as well. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I'm, no, I'm still, I'm still going to say a French knickers, but every so often a little bit of a bigger, more controlled pants. And would you say that's like after having a, a, a daughter? 
um, do you know what that is? Because I am not. I don't want to blame my child for that. I'm going to say that's lockdown. I got too comfortable in lockdown. <laughs> I got too comfortable. At the moment, I'm not even wearing a bra or shoes. Do you know? Like, every time I do a a podcast or this, because we, I, I was doing my radio show, as you know, you were a guest on it many times um, during lockdown for a BBC from home with some with my slippers on. And I think lockdown made me appreciate comfortable clothes. I'll never forget the episode that we did, Laura. And I've got such a, this is an intuition and an instinct because obviously I could only see your shoulders, but we did an episode and I was looking at you and you were glowing and I was thinking, she's pregnant. And then I don't want to say anything. Oh, she's you're not, sweating. She's sweating. Do you know what I find really annoying about this kind of like second, like, you know, this, this, this intuition that I have around it is that you can't say it to people. And then I get really annoyed because when I say to people, oh, I knew that they don't believe me. And I'm like, if I'd have been able to tell them in the moment, everyone You'd would know how psychic to. I am. You should write You should write a letter and post it and say, Laura, don't open it until you reveal your news. Um, I know the worst thing you can ever ask someone is, are they pregnant? I know. <laughs> someone I, actually I, asked me that. Someone asked me that, but in a joking way, because um, again, it was lockdown. So I was able to kind of hide it a little bit. But I remember working on a show at that time, Celebrity Juice, and everyone was drinking and I didn't have a drink. And I think, I think Emily, who I was working with, went, what, are you pregnant? And I was like, <laughs> and she went, oh, and, we went, oh. <laughs> and then we just didn't say anything else. <laughs> so I was like, never ask someone, are they pregnant, even in a joking way? Oh, I love it. I love it. No, I don't. I don't. I, I, I've learned that lesson. It's not, it's not okay to. Question two, Laura, was Brazilian or Bush? And again, I mean, no, no shock. She went off script and said, laser, you were in the middle of doing eight sessions of laser for your bikini line or your pubic area. Uh, how did that go? Well, I couldn't finish it because lockdown was happening. And then I was pregnant and you can't do it when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. So you just remind me to continue. Okay, go back, go back, go back to them, so go I, back to them. Get so those need, last sessions. I need to go back there because um, I, I I read all these mad, I mean, mad different. When, when you're having a baby, there's so many different podcasts you can listen to. And there's so many different articles. And I kind of tried to get rid of the white noise, but sometimes I kind of like the fun ones. And I remember there was a whole uh, piece dedicated to, you know, what hair removal you get before you have a baby. And I'm like, that is the last thing I'm thinking about. Uh, one of my one of my really good friends was expecting um, a child just before me. And she said she went into labor really early. And she was like, oh, I haven't had a wax. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I think the doctor won't mind. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we actually just interviewed Dr. Stephanie Cuckoo, who was saying that she's just had a baby and she's been working with women in surgery, actually, around gynecological cancers. And um, she was saying that one of the things that they have to do is shave and that this kind of conversation comes up quite a lot and that she's always been kind of like a bit mortified about the fact that women are concerned about that when obviously whether it be giving birth or having some surgery, there's way more important things. And then she got pregnant and all she could think about was whether or not she was going to like have, have like a kind of some kind of hair removal. So she like... Because yeah, you're like, is that the baby's head? I can't see. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> I remember once when I was first working as an actress and they were making cold feet and one of the lead actresses, I think it was Faye, and she had, it was my first experience. If you watch back to cold feet, she's got the biggest uh, merkin, which is a pubic wig. It's like huge. It's huge. <laughs> trying to find the baby's head. Yeah, that's, that should be on our bucket list of things to do as actresses is use a, use a, use a merkin. And a, and my, friend, yeah. my friend is filming a show at the moment. She just had to have her merkin. 
Fit. Did she? Did she? So fun. So fun. Oh, I like, like to see that this is, this is actually a regular thing that happens. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Question three was tampon or menstrual cup. You said tampon, and I was wondering whether or not since then you've tried a menstrual cup. No, and also I, I kind of forgot about periods for a while um, until I got them back. Because when you breastfeed, you don't get your period again, which, uh, well, you, you normally don't. Um, and you kind of forget all this stuff. And then I came back and I went, ah, fuck. Because I, I forgot about... There's lots of things that you have to worry about with your body and there's lots of things to think about when you have a kid. But I didn't have a period for 18 months. It was lovely. <laughs> it was lovely. And then I was like, oh, I have to deal with this again. Yeah, I didn't realize. Again, I didn't realize that when you breastfeed, you don't necessarily get your periods back. And then I got it back. And I'm like, oh God, I have to deal with all this shit again. Gosh, I didn't realize that. That's so interesting. Because my mom had a coil fitted after having my brother and then got pregnant with me within like three months of having my brother. And she didn't have periods. You're so, because you're so fertile afterwards. I was just so scared of getting pregnant again oh, afterwards. Oh, you're really? So fertile. Is that yeah. Happens? I was like, you just, you just look at your, look at a man and you're pregnant. So I was oh, just really? like, stay away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and again, do you know what? There's so many things I never knew or learned at school, like basic things about my body. I didn't understand until I had a kid. Didn't understand really how my body works. Um, and I think it's crazy, even for a man as well, to, to understand even like ovulation and like it's so hard to get pregnant. And I, I went to Catholic school and I just was taught like you can get pregnant literally by looking at someone um, and just, and I, rather than understand my body, I was almost scared of my body. Um, and I think now I definitely understand my body a bit more, which I think is brilliant. It's a shame I've had to wait until I was 35 and had a baby to understand that. Um, but one thing we're actually talking about periods was since I've got my period back, I've noticed in the last year or two, which is lovely, when I'm out and about, there's more tampons in places, like in hotels and in offices, um, just readily available because the amount of times I've had to shove like, a wad of tissue down my pants because I've forgotten or I've had to kind of go, do you have ladies products? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm seeing that more and more now, which I think is brilliant. Um, I mean, and Laura, be. you literally said that on season one of the podcast with us. You were like, why are there not? And I, and I think... I would say there's been a change too, you know, that, that actually bit by bit, slowly, slowly, one step at a time, there is a, a movement happening where things that support, you know, things that are integral, then we don't have an option. I think most women, well, I don't know. There's something about going through the period, but like a lot of women would be like, I'd quite like to not have it this month. We can't, they need to be tampons in every single The, the only place. reason about the period is like, if, if you're at a stage where you don't want to have a kid, it's like, oh, okay, I'm okay. I'm not pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, there is that. It's a relief. There is that. There yeah. is that. Uh, question four was clitoral G-spot. You said clitoral, but you also said that can change. Laura Ritwell <laughs> has it. <laughs> again, it's, it takes a long time to kind of discover your body again after having a kid because I, I kind of lo- not lost my body for a while, but my body really belonged to this little human that I was trying to keep alive. And also there's that bit of like, my husband watched the birth. So I'm like, do you even, I don't even, like I wouldn't even watch the birth if I had a choice, if I could. So it's again, it's kind of learning, you're discovering your body that, you know, it has this sexual ability again, because you kind of feel a little bit of a mess for a while afterwards. And I, I remember talking to one of my friends who gave birth and she was like, did you have a look down there? And I was like, hell no, I, I'm like terrified of what's going on. I'm going to wait till it sorts itself out, which it does. And the body is a, an incredible thing. But um, yeah, it's kind of understand, trying to, you know, before I always thought like boobs were sexy and, and this kind of image from like 
Hollywood and stuff of like, you know, a big cleavage. And then like you feed a baby out of them. And then it's just a bit like, oh, okay. I kind of have to kind of get that feeling back again. Because I think I lost that for a little bit. I think that a lot of, there is really high statistics saying that uh, many, many men find the, um, it really, I don't know if erotic's quite the right word, and I'm hesitant to use it in terms of birthing a child for all the reasons you'll understand. However, it's in our heads. I mean, I don't have children, but you know, that, that kind of feeling that you're having. I mean, obviously, let's say you break your arm and the arm's really withered afterwards or whatever the thing is that you've actually injured in some way. Of course, it's always difficult to look at our body, no matter what part of the body it is, when it's lost its, its, um, its strength. And it's, it's, it's a bit frightening, isn't it? So I don't think it's just about this stuff, but I do think that many, many men, after seeing their their wife give birth, they're not put off at all. If anything, they're no, quite excited no. by it. And actually, it, like with my husband, he just couldn't. He was just like, "This is amazing!" Like he just thought it was brilliant. He was like, "So he was more into it than I was," and he's just. And also, I think as well for for dads, there's almost um, not a jealousy, but um, there's a difficulty because you're naturally connected to your child, and your body goes through all these things and the dad doesn't necessarily get that journey it's not necessarily a journey that I particularly wanted sometimes I'm like do you want to swap and go through it so there's a lot of things you kind of have to go through it's not necessarily just about getting this little human it was you know I had to kind of deal with my body I also was working on it I, I was filming Celebrity Juice I remember on the Wednesday I wait I get I was wearing a, a dress I also I really didn't want to wear maternity clothes so I was just wearing normal clothes over a bump like squished on um and then I was doing shows like Love Island, like three months after having a kid. I had massive tits because I was like still feeding. Um, and, you know, people would say, oh, you look great and your body looks great. And I I, I was just like, oh, it's just full of milk. Like it's not my body almost. Um, so I, it took me, it takes, and even now it takes me a while to kind of feel like it's my body again because it almost, yeah, belonged to this little person for, for a long time. So there's a lot of things to navigate that you don't really think, that I didn't think about anyway. Yeah, and I think also even, like trauma is a funny word because you normally associate trauma with a negative experience, but actually, you know, any shock, and I think it is shocking to give birth to a human being, even though I haven't done it myself, I think for everyone, and that and that disassociates you from your body, you will be outside of your body. So it, what I hear you saying is that you needed to come back in not just, you know, and, and that is a process of, of, find, of finding yourself again, you know, and loving yourself again and, and putting that first actually as a priority. Because if you don't and you put maybe sexual intercourse first, you might do yourself more harm if you put someone else's needs in front of it. So it's that, it's that dance, isn't it, between making sure that you are really deeply honouring yourself, which is, you know, why you are such an amazing advocate for women, because I think I see you consistently. There's been so many conversations I've had with you when you've been like, yeah, I just wouldn't do that. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that. Okay, cool. Laura wouldn't do it. I don't need to do it either. But you know, just and- having the conversation is important, is lovely. Um, in being able to like give birth, because I definitely think these are conversations my mother was never able to have, even with her friends in the same way, because we were kind of of that society where we wouldn't just des- like I'm on a podcast called The Happy Vagina, even saying the word vagina. Um, do you know what I was thinking about? And actually, I'd love to see your opinion on this. Like I've got a, I've got a little kid now and eventually she's going to like ask about things. And I I, I heard myself saying something like, oh, you're, you're foofy or something like that. I'm like, why am I saying foofy? Because I don't know what to call it to her. 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what the right word is because vagina doesn't feel like the right word, even though it is the right word. And, you know, little boys have little willies, um, which feels like something that you can say to a child. But I don't know what you say to a little girl to call that area that feels appropriate. The suggestion is actually that you use the correct terminology. That's so what I thought, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because like, I, I heard myself say like a foofy and I was like, what? I've never said that before in my life. What the hell is that? But I think it's okay. I, I think it's okay to mix it up. I think the danger is when we use the kind of like, when we run down the private parts route. So we only use a kind of a, a, a language that is a nickname. And I think if you're able at the time that's right for you to integrate the words pubic, vulva, vagina, into the language then but I think it's even great that you're you're even like talking about it I don't know what the conversation was about it's none of my business but it's like it's great it just hit me one day I was like I don't know what to to say because she was I just I because I'm like she's at that age where she's saying words and you're teaching and we're like your head and your shoulders and your knees and I was like what am I gonna do when it comes to talking about that because I I hadn't even thought about it um and that's another conversation. Well, it's like when I very first came on the radio show, you know, in 2020 to talk about the podcast, and I said it should be used in the way that we use elbow. And the more people, so Dr. Stephanie Cuckoo, who was on last last episode, she has a daughter who's a little younger, and she's in no uncertain terms, I'm going to use the correct, te- te- you know, t- technical terms for the areas, because they, that in order to really smash the shame that's around those terms and around that, therefore, that area of the body, and therefore to free women and human beings up to have better intimacy and know how to talk to doctors about things if things are wrong, we have to start at base level. And I think we're going to find a generation of women coming through that do, you know, and, and then for you, it's about kind of like shifting yourself because, you know, we both have Irish mothers. And I think for us, it's even, or for my mom, when my mum was alive, I think that stuff was even harder for them. You know, it's an even because of all the stuff you said about going to Catholic school. You know, I I, I look forward to your daughter at some stage wearing a T-shirt to school that says vagina on it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she will be that kid. Yeah, <laughs> she will be. Question five was vibrator or vegetable. Uh, you said neither. You are not a huge vibrator fan and prefer your then boyfriend, now husband, uh, and an actual intimacy and sex. And I, I think you've kind of already answered that. Yeah. Although, do you know, I've been sent a lot of vibrators recently. I knew you were going to say that. No, but I've just been sent them. I'm like, did someone hear the podcast or, you know, and like, and also what I'm interested in because I think the old school vibrators kind of terrified me a little bit because some of them were quite, you know, massive and terrifying for me. Um, but there's new ones now. So mm-hmm. I, I does um, Charlie Brooks has one called the U. Have you seen that? She one? does. Yeah. Yeah, and then Lily Allen has one, but they're not the, they're not the the usual shape. So I'm like, oh, this is like less intimidating. You know, you've got different ones. So I've actually, and then my friend had got me one. Another, I'm like, why are people saying? Well, I also in season one was, you know, Chloe Delevingne basically threw the question back at me. And I realized on episode two of season one, I'm asking people this and I'd never, I'd never had one and I'd never used one. And I was like, the audacity of it. I mean, that's so typical Mika that I'm like, would you use a vibrator? And then I'm like, oh, actually, I almost didn't compute that I'd never used one. And like you, I've been sent a sent a lot, but also I think June Sarpong talking about blended orgasms in season one, which is where you can stimulate the G-spot and the clitoris at the same time. That has been a really interesting thing to explore. And often using a vibrator within that space can be really helpful to, 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 to explore that. So, 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 so I've, I mean, we've progressed. We've both got books out. (laughs) 
someone said to me the other day, um, like, what's what's changed for you since you started the podcast? And I'm like, I've literally had a revolution inside of myself, the amount that I've learned from women on this podcast. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Thank you so much for answering all of these questions. You did also say in that podcast, when we were talking about sex and vibrators, that you and Ian like to have sex in unusual places. What have I said? You said that you and Ian liked having sex in unusual places. Now, Laura, it's been like three years and I've been trying to work out what that means ever since because I didn't have the, I don't know why I have the audacity considering I've got so much, but I didn't say to you, what does having sex in unusual places mean for you, Laura Whitmore? I can't possibly say. I can't give away the location. <laughs> uh, also, I feel, again, we're at a stage now when you... <laughs> There's normally another little person around, so that doesn't happen as, as much. Oh, <laughs> um, it's but, all unusual. Um, if you <laughs> everywhere is unusual. It's all dangerous. <laughs> yeah, everywhere is unusual. But yeah, again, it's that thing as well. It's really interesting listening to this because I haven't listened to the podcast since I did it. Um, and it's like, oh, did I say that? I, I was like, I can't believe I gave away so much. I, I can't believe you did either. <laughs> I think I was still hungover. I think definitely still drunk from the awards. <laughs> Laura, you're an absolute angel. Thank you so much for doing your previous quiz again with us on the Happy Liner podcast. And within this chat, you've already mentioned going back to work really quickly after having your your you know your 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 daughter. And I want to pick up on that with you because obviously mental health ongoingly is a really topical you know, conversation that is really important to continue to amplify and continue to lead the charge and and enabling other women to really think about how they look after themselves with their kind of work-life balance, I would say. And and you are really, really busy. Your newest venture is the Royal Whitmore Show, which is now just coming to the end of its first season, but will still be up online. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, it's lovely. We talked about my radio show on a Sunday and it's kind of like the radio on television in a way. It's still a Sunday morning. Um, got live music at the end. That was something I really wanted to do. That's something that I did with the radio show. I love the feel of Sunday mornings. Um, that it's a bit more relaxed, it's a bit more chilled. And sometimes, like with this conversation, you get more out of people because they're a little bit more relaxed. Um, there's less pressure. So yeah, it's an hour-long show on a Sunday morning. I'm joined by... Two guests so far on the series. We've had everyone from Monroe Bergdorf, Ashley B, Jack Whitehall. Um, and uh, then I have a comedian that does a little bit about weird things from the internet. Because I don't know if you're a scroller, but we all end up scrolling at some point on TikTok. And then suddenly you're like, do I buy this mad gadget that I've just seen? <laughs> so we're, trying, we're doing a little bit about the strange things from the internet, what people are selling on the internet, um, on internet exploring. And, and yeah, and then we have live music and it's, I, I love it. I, I love it. It's really lovely. It's very me. Um, it's very relaxed. Uh, it feels very much my voice. And it was this really nice opportunity to get to do that this summer. So as of recording, we have uh, one more week left next week. So it's 10 episodes in a series and hopefully do more in that space. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're going to take a short break. Before we do, I just want to let you know that this podcast is produced by the female-founded production company, Pineapple Audio Production. Pineapple create groundbreaking podcasts from concept through to your headphones at the very highest level of audio. Their international team support independent podcasts like mine, The Happy Vagina, as well as major brands like the BBC and Grazia. And they are super passionate about helping young people into the audio industry. To find out more, go to pineappleaudioproduction.com or check them out on Instagram at pineappleaudioproduction. As part of Vida Glow's mission to further educate women on their own health and as a commitment to progress, Vida Glow has pledged a donation of £1 for every women's health product sold and will donate it to Lady Garden Foundation, the women's health charity that helps fund vital scientific research that will revolutionise the treatment into gynaecological health. To learn more about Vida Glow, their range of women's health supplements, and their partnership with Lady Garden Foundation, visit www.vidaglow.com It's interesting one of the things that I admire about you so much is that you 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 occasionally not always but you take on the trolls on social media and it's like sometimes I think people I've seen people say to you how do you do or how can you be a mum but it's in a slightly like pokey way like a kind of like suggesting that maybe you're not taking care of everything that you should be in the right order, or let's just put it that way. Um, I don't want to go into the details around it because it's absolutely fucking nonsense. But I do want to to to, to focus on this because within that and how much I get cross, but also love the fact that sometimes when you're in the mood, you'll go back at someone on social. Um, I generally just before my period, you can see me getting into an argument with someone that's having a go on social media. <laughs> um, so I, but I do, I do also genuinely think it's extraordinary and I would love you to share a little bit, especially for anyone that's listening, you know, is juggling being, being a, either a new mum or of, of, of kids at school and also really wanting to keep their career. Like, how do you make it work? How do you make it work in terms of your, your actual daily routine and how do you support your mental health? Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. You just have to do what's right for you. I've had some friends who've had kids who gave up their career and who are at home full time. And sometimes I get jealous of that, but I also know that's not for me either. And uh, it's, it's it's taking a control. I just want to, I want control over what I'm doing. So if I do go back to work, it's my decision that I go back to work. If I take time off, it's my decision that I take time off. Um, and that's something that's kind of come up a lot. And that's the one thing when you're a parent, it's people can tell you what to do, but it's about your choice. And I think same when it comes to, it's really hard. And so I feel sharing birth stories, it can be very tricky because I had so many people share theirs to me. And I never even asked. I had a walking in the park and someone come up to me and tell me something. Um, but everyone's is different. And 
if you can, and not everyone can, the hardest thing about having a baby is not having the control over what happens in that time because things can go wrong and, and things can happen. But for me, when it comes to work, when it comes to my child, it's my choice. So I choose not to show her on my Instagram. I don't put pictures up that's because that's the only way I can control it. If I put a picture of her up, I've been told the press can then pap her outside my house and put her in the paper. Um, so as long as I don't ever show an image of her face, they never can do that unless the law changes again. So for me, everything is about navigating this power and control over my life because other people will try and do that. So same when it comes to work. Um, and it's not about doing, don't compare yourself to other people. But I just knew with my job, I was working on a TV series and I can't say, I'm, can I take off a few months and can I do this next year? Because it doesn't exist next year. In the telly world, it happens. You know, the same, you get booked and you get cast for a job. It happens then or you don't do it at all. And sometimes- I know. Exactly. Today I'm going to rehearsal. I got booked on a job last week. This is why we're doing this at 8 a.m. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of it is power and control. And that's why I just I want to claim that back. Because I feel as a young woman starting out in this career, I didn't have that at the start at all. And I'm really, I'm really trying to get that back now. Um, so that's that's how I look after my mental health. Because when I feel like it's too much, I'm like, if it is too much, I can say no. And knowing that gives me power. And, and I, and I actually, there, there, there's probably some people listening because I, you know, I don't think necessarily we're hugely secure. And I think there's loads of things within our lives or in our life choices that are actually a real struggle, but there will be some people listening that don't, that might be thinking, well, I, I don't have a choice actually, because I'm kind of rock bottoming financially, or I don't have a partner or loads of things, but I know that you give back. And I know that you walk the talk of the Toni Morrison quote, once you have you know, once you've achieved some success or power, you have to give back. And I, she says, it's not a grab bag candy game. And I, and I know that you campaigned and supported campaigns a lot to create better childcare at work. So for those women that do have to go back to work, I know that one of the things that you've really fought for is why is supporting, uh, you know, the, the, in every single workspace, women should be able to go back to work and get supported by their industry. And are you within? So over the last couple of years, what's that experience been like for you? Are you, is that still something that needs to, 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 to be worked on? Definitely. I've had to fight for certain things, but I also am aware I'm at a stage of my career where I have more of a voice. Like when I started out, um, if I was hosting MTV, there's no way I was coming in with a baby. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, well, now I can. And I've had to still fight for that even at this. Uh, you know, I've had to fight for different things and... Um, it's been hard, but I've got there in the end. Um, and I know then there's a precedent, I guess, for maybe a little trickle down for other people starting up, hopefully. Um, and that's that's all you can do. And to go back to what you said about, you know, it's it's well and good me being like, oh, like it was well and good that I could go and work because my mother basically came with me for three months when I was flying back and forth to Spain and was like with me every step of the way. And I'm forever grateful for that because I couldn't have done it without her um and I'm very lucky and some people sadly don't have that where you know they don't have their parents around anymore um, I mean mine's in another country so I only see her in small bites but when I see her she's in it whether she wants to or not um so I am very lucky in that um but there is that kind of community thing so you know when you have a kid like and have conversations and if you are struggling tell someone that or tell someone you trust that. And sometimes you feel like, I know I didn't want to ever say it too much in a work capacity because I didn't want that to be used against me. Um, my, I know my mom was very much never say 
I don't want to do this because of the baby, because that will be used. Well, she can't. She's got a child now. So I was always, because I think she might have had that when she had me. So I've always kind of tried to have my group of people around me privately. I don't have to say it publicly to kind of be working towards um, the end goal. And just reach out to your friends around you who you'll be surprised are going through the exact same thing as you because um, it's all consuming. Um, whether you have a kid or don't have a kid, even I've got my friends who, my single friends, and I'm kind of jealous of them sometimes because we're, you know, we're on a call and all they do is talk about who they've been dating that week. And, and there's a bit of me that's like, oh, okay, I'm still here. Um, and then they'll turn around and go, but I find it really hard now because sometimes I look and you've got the kid and you've got, you know, your house and it, and it's, we're, we're both struggling in different ways. Um, so I think it's just really nice to have that conversation um I think that's important and that's again why podcasts are so good because we're just creating this narrative and I think as, as you've just sort of said you you're you're basically breaking down the barriers in the work field and at the level that you're at now because you can and hopefully the trickle down effect will impact and you know we need legislation we need I think one of the things that happens to women that are in kind of like jobs that are more uh, corporate or employees rather than freelancers like us is that they get scared that even if within their contract, it says that they're allowed to, I don't know. I, I, I was the same as well. Like I was the same. I was scared that if, okay, if I do take time off this, like I remember doing like celebrity juice at the time and halfway through, and I was, I really loved doing that show. I was, I went back, like, oh, I went back a week after having a baby because it was 20 minutes from my house. I brought her with me and I was like, just, there was no rehearsals because uh, Keith Lemon's amazing. So he just went off, you know, he just goes off and you just, you're just there. And I loved it because I wanted to have my hair and makeup done. As we talked about, I felt like my body wasn't mine. And to actually have my hair and makeup done, it's a different job than maybe me being in the city and sitting in front of a computer all day. But then I have friends who work in the city and they loved going back to work as well because it kind of, they were like, okay, this is what I do. This is me outside of this. So you just kind of have to figure out what works for you and then hope that the support is there. Yeah. And also, I suppose, really just to sort of like full circle as well, there's, there's a lot of conversation at the moment around what the second wave of feminism has, where it's left us as women, that, um, you know, that, that, that many women are deeply struggling with trying to have it all. And you know what, if you if you decide that you're going to go back to work after having your your your, your children, that's great. It's also OK to say you're going to do that and change your mind. And finally, it's also OK to say, you know, I mean, I'm really trying to start that you that your work is being a mum. Like I'm really I was with my family um, on last Friday. Actually, we had like a kind of barbecue thing. And and I said to my American, my my cousin's married, married a wonderful American woman. And I said to, you know, what are you are you still working? And then I went, actually, do you know what? I really take that back. Like, I know that you're not working and I know that you're being a mum. And that is work. It's just that you're not getting paid for it and you bloody should do. <laughs> I do wonder if we all got paid. Like, imagine if we had like, you know, quite good salaries for being mums. I wonder how many people would A lot more, a lot more babies. It's like yeah. another full-time job on top of your full-time job. And and there's different, there's different, like having a kid is not the same. Like having a baby is different than having a toddler and different than having a teenager. So there's all different stages. So you, things are constantly in movement. Nothing ever stays the same. Yeah, that's right. Do you, in terms of, you know, your physical health in this and particularly maybe postpartum, do you find, how have you kind of got back to, you know, I mean, I, 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 I kind of find myself with my routine with work, which is like non-existence. I find it really difficult to sometimes support. And I, I was, I was, I was actually just, um, I did a podcast yesterday with the founder of Vida Glow and I was admitting to her, that I have these periods of time. So I take their collagen, which is absolutely 
off the chart. Good. I, but I start, I'm starting taking the gut one now because I feel like I need to look after that. So I take that in the morning. Just had mine this yeah, morning. But also, like literally, what I didn't quite understand about the Vitigo gut uh, supplement, Gut Pro, is that it's actually specific acidophilus or whatever the bacteria are called in it, the good bacteria but the I, vagina. Love that. I was like, it's good bacteria. That's how you're like a soft. For the vagina, I know, but there's different strands. And this particular one is also going to keep your vagina flora like super, super healthy. Do you find it easy? So I'm terrible. I, I, you know, I, I end up kind of forgetting and then I get, and then I'm like, why, why don't I feel as good? Do you, do you, do you take supplements generally? Are you kind of into supporting your diet? I'm trying to find that routine and get like, you kind of forget about yourself and you're so busy looking after this other little person that your health kind of goes out the window even when it comes to eating and stuff like that I'll go to I'll go to make myself a sandwich and then I'll realize I've never I've not finished it remember someone's like oh you've lost all the weight are you working out I'm like first of all I would feel like that weight question is so tricky and to have with anyone who's had a kid I'm the opposite I probably lost too much weight I I feel like I looked like gaunt I almost looked like zombie-ish because I was a tired and also never got to finish a meal because <laughs> I was running around constantly with her. Um, so there's, yeah, there's different things that I would nearly want to put on the weight. So when someone turned around and be like, oh, you look great, you've lost all the weight. It's kind of triggering in some ways because you're like, I'm actually, I, 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 I miss my boobs, you know? No, what I did, um, as I said, so someone offered me, I had, you can get your placenta put into tablets. I did that afterwards. So I don't know if that helped in any way. And also when I was breastfeeding, I used to drink, you have to drink liters and liters of water a day. Like you have to. And my skin was amazing. My hair is amazing. And actually even now my skin is still, because I'm, I'm staying, I drink loads of water throughout the day because I was doing that so much when I was breastfeeding because I had to do it. So I create the milk. Um, and even little things like that that I've kind of kept in my day to day. But it's trying to find the things. So, so say for example, with the, the gut pro, like that's, that's in the morning, half an hour before you have your first meal, before you have breakfast. So when I get up with her, have one of them straight away. And then by the time I sit down to have breakfast, then I can have my breakfast. And that's part of your day. I can't do things that are difficult. Do you know? I can't do things that I'll forget because I will forget. It has to be part of my routine. Mm, and that is one of the amazing things about this new women's health range from Beauty Glow is that they are actually, what Anna's done is she's like, why are people taking all these different supplements? We can make this really, really simple. I can't not ask you about the placenta thing. And I read about it too. And I kind of, and I, and I, and I know that that's a thing, but can you share with the audience who may not have heard about that? What is the benefits of having the placenta put into something that's uh, ingestible? Do you know what? Like, I'm not an expert on this, so I don't, I don't. I don't really know the ins and the ends of the science of when they actually put them into tablets and things like that. However, the placenta is just the, it's full of the best things because it's everything that helped, um, I was going to say build your baby, but pretty much. Um, so it's all the goodness, everything that helped them throughout the whole thing. And like sometimes when you give birth, like you basically give birth twice, you give birth to the baby and then you give birth to the placenta and it's almost like a big liver thing. It's like the ultimate supplement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the father eats it fuck that wow. shit that's yeah. wild they don't need that yeah because that's it's, it's the best thing that you, that. yeah <laughs> he doesn't need that and it's like the best thing that you've got so and also your body's given so much away and then it's gone because you literally like you know when you see a pregnant woman like she's glowing and she's like 
No, I always feel like almost like full of collagen and like her boobs are full and full of milk and her skin is great and glowing and your hair is full. And then you kind of give birth to the baby and you're just like a little shriveled prune. Mm. Anna, Anna at Vida Glow, if you're listening, then we think we might we might need some placenta, some supplements that replicate. Those of us that are child free, please can I have a supplement that replicates the placenta so I can know what Laura felt like? One of my best friends, Dee, who she says she doesn't want kids. So I I, I don't know. I, I think she would be brilliant with kids. But she's always like, no, kids aren't for me. She goes, I like to visit them. I like to see them. And then I leave. And she has a very great, fun life. However, when I was, um, you know, when you breastfeed, you lose 2000 calories a day. Well, I was the amount I was breastfeeding. So she was like, I just need to start breastfeeding some babies. <laughs> the easiest diet you'll ever go on. <laughs> so I was going to start breastfeeding babies. That's my diet. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, that if that was actually possible, then all these people wouldn't be taking that awful injection into their tummy at the moment in order to lose weight. And Laura, I just wanted to say to you as well regarding, you know, the weight loss that you had after, after having your daughter. And um, sometimes I listen to you talk and I think you're, because you're so amazing and it's so important to you to make sure that you act in a way that actually really aligns with your own beliefs. I do think you're quite hard on yourself. And you know what? It's like, okay, that your weight fluctuates, Laura. Like it's no one else's business. And, and I know that the reason you're hard on yourself is, as I've said, because you're, you're so, you're so, you have such integrity, actually. It's because you've got such high integrity. But, um, you know, it, it's no one's business, Laura. No, and, and, just, and like... And, and- and to be honest with you, this is the, I guess maybe it's an old, it's an old traditional thing where you talk about the weight, but I had no interest in weight loss. I had no interest in anything. I had no interest in like, ha- I just didn't think about it. And I just remember like trying on clothes and being like, oh, everything's a bit loose for me now because I, but I, I also wasn't trying to lose weight. And then you'd have lots of people congratulating you on losing weight. And then what, or what I'd get was, um, you're putting too much pressure on other women because you've lost so much weight. And that triggered me because I'm like, what I, how my body is should not affect anyone else's body, nor is it my responsibility for anyone else. And that I found really difficult because I was like, A, I didn't want to lose this amount of weight. So you don't know that. And secondly, don't compare me and how I look shouldn't affect anybody else. And, and we need to like, just let, let people do their own thing. Just let people do their own thing. And I, I have a few friends who are pregnant at the moment and I, I always message and just say, Look, congratulations. If you want advice, I'm here. Um, if you don't, I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> you know, I only, I only answer questions um, if, the, if I'm asked them. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. The other um, supplement that's coming out in the women's health range from Vida Glow is the prenatal. I did get it when I was testing them all. I was like, I'm not going to have to. Because did, she did say, oh, give it to a friend who needs it. And I was like, no. Ian is like, oh. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know, for everyone listening, I can see Laura, right? My second, my, my, that sixth sense I've got, I can tell you right now, she's not currently pregnant, but I, I, I'm keeping my eye on it for everyone. I, I'll, I'll let you all know if she is. Did you, have you found that you've had to change your diet or either when you were pregnant or, or afterwards? Like what's changed for you in terms of, you know, supplementation, diet, and, and how do you keep your routine? Like I have a hot water and lemon every morning. That's the thing that, if I even have a, so in rehearsal at the moment, it's full of biscuits. The whole room's full of biscuits. And oh I'm like, Oh my God, they ah, love snacking in rehearsals, don't they? they love it's, it. it's, um, but if I've had my hot water and lemon in the morning, then I sort of feel like I've kept some kind of framework. And then I try to make sure that I at least have, at least I'm going to eat more than one meal, but one of the meals is really nutritious with vegetable and some fish. Do you, how do you look after yourself? 
No, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you're pregnant, it's insane. Like I just ate everything. I was so hungry. I wanted, I honestly thought I was going to give birth to a potato because I just wanted chips. At one point for dinner, I had like mashed potatoes and roast potatoes. That's just what I had. I just wanted potatoes all the time. Such a walking Irish cliche. And I, and then when you breastfeed, because you're like, like I was just like, I'd have to have a Snickers bar beside my bed because I was so hungry and I needed the sugar. So it was so weird that you kind of go to eating all these calories. And then, then I kind of lost my appetite afterwards. I just wasn't hungry. Uh, and sometimes it's like, that's why supplements are good in some ways. Cause sometimes you're so busy. You don't, I'm like, Oh God, I haven't really eaten right all day. And, and that's actually one of the best gifts that we got was like from a neighbor who'd made like this vegetarian lasagna for the freezer and people who'd given us food. So if someone has a kid, I always try to like send them food <laughs> because you're so busy. You forget to eat for yourself. You forget to eat proper meals. So yeah, routine wise, coffee's become a major part of my routine, which it would never was before. Not, not necessarily a good thing that's added to my diet. To my diet. Um, so it's kind of finding those little things that you're getting the good in, in a simple way. Like I mentioned with the gut that I'm doing at the moment, the gut pro, that it's just in the morning, simple. And then there's also the de-stress within the range as well. Yes, there's you're the taking the coffee well. that, that, that boosts your adrenals, then take the de-stress. I'm like kind of, you know, you're sort of like to self-medicating. To be honest with you, I feel like the coffee is a placebo and many ways I feel like I could probably just have a decaf and I wouldn't know any because I just I, I need to hold it in my hand it's like my little sip and I'm like okay I don't even Ian always laughs I never even finish the coffee like he'll make me one in the morning and I'll have two sips and I'll put it down but I feel it's it's a um, psychological thing I think for me um more than anything else the same with food food can be quite psychological I think it's really important when we have dinner which is what me and Ian try to do that we sit down and we eat it because I always, I used to eat on the go all the time. So even routine like that, like the sitting down and looking at what you're doing and not just scrolling as you're eating or on the go or moving or in the back of a cab. Um, so those little things are things that I really am trying to work to keep. I hope you know what an incredible human being you are, Laura Whitmore. Every time I speak to you. you. Well, oh, thank you. I mean, literally, I feel honoured to have been able I feel honored to have you in my life and it's just an absolute joy to have you back on the Half Shiny you Podcast. Know, you, are, you mentioned at the start I said you are someone who promotes other women and um I love to see that I always surround myself with people I like because <laughs> there's a and, and we, we work in an industry that you think and can be quite cutthroat and competitive and I think you need to have your cheerleaders and we need to be cheerleading each other, not tearing each other down. And we live in society of that culture. That's It's a toxic culture that we have. We just open up a paper and that's what we do. You go online and you, and I think I just love seeing like what you do with this platform and what you've created and what you've built on it um, and how supportive you, you are to all the women in your life. Um, and I think for that, that's an inspiration. So it's always nice to be surrounded by that because I hope I get a little bit of that from you. Well, you mentioned earlier about having people around you that you can be, you know, really intimate and share everything. And I feel safe to share stuff with you, you know, within this chat, but also offline. Like I, it's, you, you, it's, you, you don't have judgment and you're a real, you know, you, you're, you're a safe place and a safe space for, for friendship. I think I, I just not to ruin the safety at all, but um, a final intimate question. You know what's coming, Laura Whitmore, don't you? <laughs> Laura. I need to know, especially, I'm just so interested to hear whether it's changed, but what makes your vagina happy today, Laura Whitmore? Well, it's been talked about with the right terms. So it's feeling very loved um, and recognised at the moment. And and one thing that I, I never thought about, and I know I've kind of touched this already, but 
you, you mentioned about that, you know, your pelvic, your pelvic floor. And we were talking about that a little bit later on. When you have, a, you work so hard to like have a kid and then afterwards you kind of forget what happens afterwards. And very little is ever done with like your pelvic floor. And you're like, am I always going to be worried I'm going to piss myself every time I cough or sneeze? Is this going to be it like the rest of my life? And I, like even just something for myself, I, I just went to a specialist about it, just took that time and did some exercise and have been working towards it and talking to some other friends and like looked out for my body because sometimes you're so busy you don't. And if you're ever worried about something like, do yourself a favor and if you can, and just like talk to the doctor or talk to a friend. Because I remember talking to my friend going, like, do you sometimes think you might piss yourself when you sneeze? And she's like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, okay. And then do something to make it better for yourself rather than having to live with it. I mean, how many women in the world are living with that after childbirth? Like, and, and just just accept it and think it, you know, they can't do anything about it. Yeah, and there's exercises. But then it's also, you know, there's waiting lists and it's very hard. And I actually ended up going to, I was recommended to this like, private place I went up to a one-off but not everyone has that luxury and there was a lovely Irish woman actually and she said to me um she was like I I just wish more women knew about this like doing these exercises and doing them because you can really get that strength back and it's owning your body again so doing something nice for your body because you're so busy checking like the vaccinations for the kid and you know there's too many other things going on but maybe just go how is my body so that's what makes my vagina happy because I'm like how are you are you all right what do you need and also, Laura, just, just, you know, reflecting back on what you've just shared, I, I think for everyone in life, but particularly for mums, I truly deeply believe that if you put your well-being and happiness first, that is the greatest gift that you can give your child because they will learn, therefore, because they will see mum and hopefully dad too, or oh, mum and mum, whatever. I don't know, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. But whatever, whoever the parents are, um, it, that, that's the greatest lesson for all of us, isn't it, surely? That we, 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 we spend our entire life learning how to come back to prioritising ourselves. And listen to this conversation. Um, a brilliant friend of mine, G. Fletcher, does Happy Mum, Happy Baby. And I'm really, I don't really talk about my child that much publicly because I'm so self-conscious about the press using it uh, and me not being able to protect her. However, there's all these wonderful stories that are out there. So sometimes I listen to that and they are talking about, oh, I've had the same problem as that. So even if it's not me talking about it publicly, I can kind of look at other people's stories and go, oh, okay. Um, and you're right, going back, you know, once I, I'm better at being a mother, I'm better being a mother for working because I know that helps my mental health being able to work um, and do it my way. So yeah, happy mom, happy baby. There's a reason why that's the name of her podcast. Um, So it's finding those things that make help you. And even if that's stepping away for a minute, having a breath before you go back, because sometimes when you're in it, you you can't fully function the right way. Laura Whitmore, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute joy and pleasure, as always, to chat to you on the Happy Vagina podcast. And a very special thanks again to our partners of this episode, Vida Glow. To learn more about Vida Glow, their new range of women's health supplements and their partnership with Lady Garden Foundation, go to www.vidaglow.com. That's www.vidaglow.com.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 